a playlist original. Coming soon. 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 Coming Uh, Today's interview is a really cool one because I was made aware of this project on Twitter and I don't remember who made me aware of it and I'll have to give them a shout out if I can find it. Um, But we're going to be talking to Eric Hatch and he is the co-founder of Beyond Video, which is a nonprofit video store that operates out of Baltimore. It is an actual video rental store in 2022. Um, They founded this in 2018, and I'll talk with Eric about how it came together, but they have about 26,000 DVD, Blu-ray, and VHS titles, which were all put together by donations. It's entirely volunteer-run. Nobody is making any money off this. They work for free, and they operate this awesome video store in the heart of Baltimore, which is just such a unique concept and unique idea that I had to talk to Eric and, and get his thoughts on uh, you know, what's going on and, and how maybe others could replicate this in, in other cities and just really the cool project he's doing here to bring accessibility to thousands of films that aren't available on streaming are hard to get and making it available for a, a very reasonable monthly fee and not having any late fees or you know return deadlines just letting people enjoy film so we're going to talk to eric here for about 45 50 minutes um and then i'll be back at the end to chat with you guys so sit back and relax enjoy this interview and i'll catch you at the end we're here with with Eric from Beyond Video. Eric, thanks for joining us today for the podcast. Yeah, thanks Super for having me. Super excited to to have you on here. Yeah, no, thanks thanks for coming on. This should be a a lot of fun because I have never heard of anybody doing what your team is doing. So, I guess we should just start off and, you know, let's tell the people what Beyond Video is all about. Like, how did you get started and and what's the mission here? Yeah, I mean, Beyond Video is a uh, not-for-profit video library, essentially a video store, like a video rental store like we used to have uh, in the not-so-distant <laughs> past. Um, but it's reimagined as uh, a all-volunteer nonprofit enterprise. So basically, we've done away with um, a la carte rentals and late fees, and we've just built this huge library of, of DVDs, Blu-rays, and VHS that for a monthly membership fee, people can basically treat it as a library. So, um, you know, people uh, pay either 12 or $20 a month to support our project and then get different benefits to rent from the 26,000 movies that we uh, have accumulated. Um, 26,000. Yeah, man. And, and we opened <laughs> in 2018 with a little less than 9,000. So we've essentially tripled the collection since we've been open, which, you know, uh, I'm kind of a, a numbers nerd. So, so I'm pretty excited about that. And that's all just donations from the community or, you know, do you get stuff sent in from all over the world or? Yeah. I mean, stuff comes in from all over, um, stuff from, um, outside North America. Um, you know, we are a little picky on because, you know, not all of our customers can do all region, this or that, you know, oh, sure. and, and yep. that sort of thing. But yeah, um, we, we do have supporters from outside the U S who are, are really, uh, tasteful in what they send us as well. But yeah, so Basically, the whole project started, um, we were all um, associated one way or another with another video store in Baltimore called Video American. Um, this was around from the 80s until, you know, I don't know, about 2014 or so. And uh, you can see it at John Waters movie, Serial Mom, actually. There's a there's a pretty really? good VHS-related murder in there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this was a place, you know, I was a manager of it in the early 2000s. Um, one of uh, the other people in Beyond, Kevin, uh, was the manager up until it closed around 2014. So it was a really important place to us. And initially, um, when the owner who was dealing with some health issues and slogging down from uh, Delaware to run a store in Baltimore that was seeing kind of diminishing returns, he kind of announced that you know he was he was closing it down and. 
with very little time and resources, we kind of tried to, to basically buy it and save it. And, mm-hmm. um, that, that didn't work out, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, we licked our wounds and started a new collection from scratch. And as much as I miss Video American, I think it actually worked out really nicely because there are a lot of video stores. Um, they're not a lot of video stores, but <laughs> the video stores that are still around um, are struggling. You know, there they're are places that people know they should support. They feel guilty for not supporting, but they don't support them enough for them to be in robust shape by and large. Sure. Whereas this this new thing that's clearly not a video rental store. It's um, a new collection, new location started from scratch with this new business model. Um, It it just works better for us because even customers who came in every day at the old video store, you know, 10 years ago um, know that there's um, a different, you know, we're we're not making money here. We're putting, you know, we're all in fact (laughs) gave a large parts of our own personal collections and, and work for free and put in money when needed. So it's, it's a labor of love. That's, that's the only way to put it. And, yeah. and people really respond in kind. Um, just really appreciative that we're even around. So do you find that a lot of the people, a lot of the, the customers from the old video store are now coming back in and really having like that awesome nostalgic experience again? Yeah, we do. We do see that a lot, but what's even more, and um, I don't want to say more exciting to me because it's all equally exciting, but like what's, what's a pleasant surprise to me and an exciting surprise is how many young people are coming. Um, That's awesome. You know, uh, this is video rental place isn't where teenagers are hanging out in, in 2022, but not, you know, mid twenties. Yes. Like a lot of our, um, members are, you know, students from art school or from grad school at Johns Hopkins university, which is near us. Um, or just like, you know, people in the music and, and film scene in town, which is one of the more robust scenes in the country these days, simply because Baltimore is still pretty affordable. You know, it's like everywhere else, there are condos and it's, you know, not as cheap as it used to be, but uh, things change slower in Baltimore than other places and artists and people who are, you know, build their lives around the art or music can still afford to be here, which is really helps us. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna ask sort of what the, uh, what the demos were. Cause I think it, it is the type of place that I could see myself being, you know, if I was in college or, you know, in my mid twenties or even now, I mean, I haven't cracked 30 yet. I got a couple months left. Uh, Congrats on that. (laughs) Thanks. But I could, I could totally see myself uh, going there and getting this membership because, you know, I do, I miss that. And I assume like I, I was reading the site, like you actually, it's, it's staffed. Like you can go in and, talk movies with people get recommendations oh yeah oh absolutely and that's that's a huge piece of like what's missing with netflix i don't want my recommendations from an algorithm necessarily i want them from somebody who i can have a conversation with and they'll go hey i get you here's that here's a movie you should watch and that's how you discover new stuff and that's missing from society so absolutely um, i mean you know i um like a lot of people who worked at video stores back in the day like i went on to work in, in film and in criticism. I've been a, a, a film and music critic and programmed for Maryland Film Festival for many, many years. So cool. um, I, you know, I have a pool of knowledge to pull from and my own taste, but also I'm really good at pitching things to people, you know, and, and finding, you know, okay, tell me two of your favorite movies or tell me what you're in the mood for. And I can kind of triangulate from there in a way that like algorithms can't. And the other thing to remember about film ag- al- algorithms is that um, the streaming landscape is so splintered, right? So like yeah. N- Netflix might very well know that your favorite director is, let's say, Stanley Kubrick. But if they don't have any Kubrick films, they're not going to be able to show you anything. you know. Right. <laughs> so they may have a lot of information, but um, they want to show you Netflix product. I mean, that's all they're going to show you, you know. And yeah. um Unlike Spotify, which, you know, I'm not I'm not um, promoting Spotify at all, but like there are music streaming services that are pretty hard to stump, you know, like you you can find records that aren't on there, but they're fairly few and far between and between a pay service and YouTube and Bandcamp, you know, you can access the music you want to hear. Um, whereas with film, you know, you might need a dozen subscriptions to match what we have under one roof. Right. 
and, and even those subscriptions, the depth of a lot of them is not there is, is what I find. So like, oh, sure, yeah. you know, depending on what you're looking for, you need Netflix and then you need the criterion channel, but even that comes down to licensing and they don't have everything. And there's, you know, like you said, there's 26,000 in your yep. collection. I mean, yeah, I, I'd be super interested to like cross reference that with how many are actually available somewhere on a service. And I, I bet the number would be high that they're not. Yeah. I mean, I think people who um, try to crunch those numbers get exhausted and stop. Cause I've challenged <laughs> people to do it before. It's a and- lot. I'm not yeah. recommending it. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's it's a useful exercise because, um, you know, I I think the whole myth of the internet and streaming services is that everything's available at a push of a button, you know? Yeah. And um, lots of things are available for a very high price. <laughs> and you also have to be an expert in the thing that, like, you know, a nerd like me might be interested in um, what uh, – distributor owns what film, but the, but the average cinema lover, you know, shouldn't have to spend time figuring out, okay, I need to go to Paramount plus for this, you know, that's, yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> no. And you're right. And that is, that, that is where I, people always compare. Uh, and I have this argument. I mean, I'm, I'm not by any means blind to the fact that like, yes, streaming has streaming has won the larger war. Yes. People use streaming. I get that. It's not going anywhere, but uh, they always use the music example. And I just, it's, that is so different because like mm. you said, you can pretty much, I mean, if you have Spotify minus a few people who have pulled their stuff off, I mean, you've got pretty much everything. And if you don't have it there, it's on YouTube or, you know, somewhere free online. And yeah. it's just, a, it's a totally different ball game. And the only way to get that is either somebody in streaming has to become the Google and just take it all, which is never usually a good thing for creativity or you have to go to a video store that doesn't have, there's no licensing. There's no alliance to, we're only going to show you our video stores content and that's what we're going to push the hardest. There's, mm-hmm. there's none of that. It's a neutral source. And that's, that is truly what's, I mean, that's missing in a lot of places in the world. It's just a neutral source that can give you an opinion mm-hmm. without anything behind it. Um, and that's what I miss the most. And so I'm going to definitely have to take a, I'm going to have to stop in and <laughs> check it out because there's nothing like that. We, we have bull moose up here Oh yeah. as, mm-hmm. as a video store and you can buy things and they are pretty good with recommendations. They have people who know their stuff. Um, but the whole like rental, like library aspect of it is also very cool that you don't have like that, that $20 commitment to blind buy something. And you can try something out for you know twelve to twenty dollars a month. Um, I, I missed that. <laughs> that's, oh yeah, yeah. That's a absolutely. great way to discover new things without burning your wallet. Yeah, and um, you know, if if you're a slipcover collector, you know we we probably can't help you. But if you want <laughs> to rent the you know Blu-ray that Vinegar Syndrome or Severin yep. put out and figure out if it's something you want to buy with a slipcover. Yeah, we, we've got you. I mean, we, we carry, you know, just a wide variety of stuff and recently expanded into the last like sort of unfinished room in our space to, to build a whole room just for the horror and cult sections, which um, is exciting for me because that's, um, you know, kind of the sweet spot for me. I'm very forgiving of a bad, you know, cult or horror movie if um if i'm in the right mood so <laughs> yeah no i'm with you and I've, I've always felt like the video store is where that stuff thrives too like I, maybe i'm biased because i'm in the same boat i i just i'd go and look at the cover art and be like "Ooh, that one looks <laughs> that one looks messed up i'm taking that one off the shelf and taking it home but i feel like the the horror and the cult stuff really does well um in those environments so it's kind of cool you're setting up a whole room um I am curious, like, what do you, do you see that in your in your rentals? If you're tracking the rentals, like, what's being taken out? Does it skew one way or another? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, about once a year, I compile a list. Well, a couple lists. One I usually do is you know the top new releases of the year at the end of the year. But then about midway through each year, I just update our like all time top renting renting um, titles and. Well, just for starters, Mandy is our top-running film of all time. It, it was a popular new release around the time that we opened 
on video. So that helps. Sure. But it's just, you know, an enduring favorite and just a word of mouth, you know, you know, it's a bad shit film. Right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it there's is. always going to be a new, uh, person getting into film who wants to see Nicolas Cage go full cage, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, like I'm wearing a possession t-shirt that's in our top 10 renters. Um, really? but then also, um, uncle Boone Mead, the Thai art house film that's in our top 10 rentals, you know? Um, we have all the Marvel films, DC, star Wars, you know, what have you, we, and, and people do rent those as well, but, um, you know, 10 to one, it's, it's, you know, the smaller niche films that, that rent for us. You know, we bought, uh, I'm trying to think like even the Batman, um, which I thought, you know, with Pattinson and, and good reviews might do better for us than the average superhero film. But, sure. you know, I think the Blu-rays rented twice and the DVDs rented twice, you know, whereas, right. um, you know, something like a new, I don't know, New York Ninja, uh, we had two copies of that and they were flying off the shelf, you know, nonstop. That's awesome. So it is, it is really still those niche, like, so you, you must have a lot of the vinegar syndrome, the Severin, the synapse, the arrow video stuff. uh, All all that. Yeah. 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 And criterion. I mean, criterion really is something that gets people in the door too. And, you know, referencing something you said earlier, you know, the Criterion channel is, is a great service, um, at least relative to, to streaming services, but no streaming service um, has the same content forever, right? Like, you know, right. you'll, you see their posts on social media, you know, watch this title if you want to catch it because it's leaving at the end of the month. And, yeah. you know, unless our rarest DVD in the world, someone snaps in half, which I'll come, I'll come to their house if they do that, <laughs> you know, we're, we're not getting rid of any movies, you know, so um yeah, you you have access um, to them as as long as we're able to keep keep the lights on. Yeah, that's the beauty of uh, the the physical. I mean, you're, you're right. I'm not you know Criterion Channel has lots of great stuff, but they lose the rights to things all the time. But as long as you you know, obviously, it's on your shelf and it's a Criterion DVD or Blu-ray. Unless someone snaps it, it's not going anywhere. Exactly, so it's, it's right. always accessible. It's it's all about accessibility, and I think that's. I, I saw that in your mission statement too mm-hmm. on the website, which I appreciate. Like there is a need for these movies to be more accessible, not necessarily the Batman and, you know, the Avengers, which are fairly accessible to most people in one way or another. Um, but this, the stuff that could get lost without people like you or the boutique, you know, Blu-ray labels that are putting these things out, um, they're not super accessible. And then even then, how many people have $50 to pay for a vinegar syndrome release? I love their stuff. I understand why it costs so much and I, I pick and choose, but you know, there's a reason why they've got a bottom line, but um, the accessibility that a rental gives mm-hmm. you is just like totally missing. Never mind video stores period and being able to buy stuff, but just renting for, you know, 12 bucks a month. You could, I mean, how many movies could you go through? You yeah. watch a, you watch a couple a week. I mean, you can get yourself, you know, eight, 10 movies, a dollar a piece. I mean, that's, you can't beat that. You can't beat that anywhere. It's cheaper than Netflix. So that, that accessibility is important. And, um, you know, I wonder in the, in the community, was there, there obviously wasn't much accessibility within the community and being a, you know, college age kids, it sounds like there's a lot of customers in that age range who don't have disposable income. Um, so I can see, I can see why it works and I really like the, the message behind it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, sort of self-published an article about, um, tips for anyone else who wants to try to do something similar and a few projects, um, are kind of in the very tentative stages of seeing if they can do it in other, other cities. Um, I mean, the key thing you need is, is a, a, a maniac like me or, or Kevin in the collective who, um, you know, not only will work for free, but delights in it, you know, like yeah. all the, you know, one of the things that I, I sort of coordinated was, um, when our collection was in the early stages, just trying to brainstorm every possible movie we didn't have that I knew was, um, you know, released on physical media and, and that someone might have for us and just, you know, um, just 
having a little bit of an audience on Twitter um, for for Beyond Video, but also for myself, I just kind of blasted out a shared Google Doc that listed these movies. And in 2017, that was like a 30-page doc- document, and now it's down to like four or five. So people, awesome. people like, you know, say, okay. yeah, And, you know, um, at first, maybe we didn't have – Rocky three, you know, so it doesn't really take a lot for someone, whether or not they really believe strongly in our project to take a DVD of Rocky three and put a few stamps on it, you know? So, um, there are people who send us, you know, huge generous boxes and there are people who are just like, this seems fun and helps me get rid of a dusty old thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well that, that is, I was going to ask, I I had a couple questions and you kind of touched on two there. One, one I wanted to ask was if you think this could be replicated in other cities, because I'm just thinking, I don't know Baltimore well, but the way I'm, I haven't been in, I don't know how long. Um, I think I drove through as like a teenager on our way to Florida, but sure. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of Cambridge by me, Boston, yeah. Boston, Cambridge, Somerville. They do a, and you mentioned the film festivals and it immediately got me thinking, well, there's guys who run, um, an independent theater chain within that Cambridge, Somerville, Boston area. They run the independent film festival, Boston, and they have this huge community. And a lot of it is it's volunteers who run the film festival and people who are just passionate. And it immediately got me thinking like they could totally do something like this in a place like Somerville, where you have Tufts university, you have Harvard right off the train. You've got BU, you've got all these places local that I'm sure have interested people and it's just, you know, it's Cambridge and that area is just artsy. It's got film people. It's got the right audience. Um, So it's interesting. You say you've kind of like, you got some stuff in the works. I don't know if that's one of them, but I I feel like (laughs) I need to send an email after this and tell them to talk to you. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I love talking about the project and encouraging other people to do similar. Um, You know, every, every city has its own, unique obstacles in terms of, you know, Cambridge, I imagine rent is a lot more expensive in Baltimore, but also just just a bit, (laughs) (laughs) but your potential audience is also a lot bigger. And, um, you know, the opportunities for partnerships are there too. Um, you know, I don't know how well trafficked they are, but a lot of the Alamo draft houses are, um, putting out little collections or in a few cases, absorbing the collections of out of business video stores and kind of making them available. Yeah. And I, I'm like of two minds of it. It it feels a little gimmicky to me. I I don't know how many people are really availing themselves of it or, um, you know, if it's, um, kind of relegating these collections to being a thing of the past that, um, people, people don't access. Um, uh, I don't live in a market that has an Alamo, so um, I haven't experienced how they're doing it yet. But, uh, you know, ultimately anything that's that's promoting home video culture and and keeping a collection like that together, I'm 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 in favor of. Um, Yeah, there was the um, there was a big video store, I think, in in New York that just I think they were going to close their doors. I can't remember the name. So you, no. you might be um, thinking of the Kim's video collection, yeah, um, yes. which, yeah. So, so this is a legendary sort of saga and um, they closed maybe, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, but the owner, Mr. Kim uh, sort of put it out there that anyone who would take the entire collection, including, <laughs> you know, something like 50,000 VHS tapes um, <laughs> could have it for free as long as they promised to make it, publicly available to the public, um, uh, or, or like in good faith. And there's an article, uh, actually by Karina Longworth, um, now known as the podcaster from, you must remember this, where, uh, she followed up on that because someone did take the collection and it ended up in Italy and without spoilers, like there's possible mafia involvement and (laughs) strange stuff happened, but that article is a great long read, but I do believe now that um, one of the Alamos in New York, um, maybe in the financial district, actually, that just opened, um, did absorb uh, that collection. Although I do know some some VHS aficionados who um, were really excited and, and found that, at least so far, it's the DVDs that are available, which, 
you know, for a certain kind of nerd is going to be disappointing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that there's, um, that is the one I was thinking of though. You're totally right. Cause you brought up Alamo and I thought I had read that they were taking that on and it was supposedly like one of the largest collections in the world. Um, yep. But there's been a resurgence in VHS, which is funny. Cause yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Like, that the players are not super accessible. They've no, been, they're they're quite expensive. Yeah, and you used to be able to scoop them up at a thrift store for nothing, and now I I haven't seen one on shelves because I go in all the time looking for. Um, I would love to get myself a DVD VHS combo that has an HDMI. That's sort mm-hmm. of my like dream piece of technology, which is now super expensive online. I probably should have bought one like ten years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a very particular moment there where we're <laughs> sort is. of like um, acknowledging three different eras of, of right. technology. And I'm piece. being very picky. Um, no, no, no. I, I respect it. <laughs> but I know they're out there and I, I kick myself because I used to see them in thrift stores and I totally could have had them for five bucks. And now I, I don't even think they hit the shelves. A place like Goodwill, they're going to throw that online and try to get money out of it because they, sure. they go for crazy amounts of money now. And um I did want to ask, like, because you guys still carry VHS tapes, like, I guess what what percentage of the collection is VHS, and are you seeing those being rented at the same frequency as HD media? Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. We, um, I mean, I would say roughly the split of the collection is maybe about, um, you know, close to twenty thousand. DVDs, um, close to 6,000 Blu-rays and about 500 VHS tapes. And what we've done, um, you know, with just a rule of thumb, um, in, uh, sort of refining and distilling the VHS collection is if we had, we kind of consider DVD, the, the default format, it's the one that we think everyone can, everyone can play, right? You might yep. not have a Blu-ray player and you probably don't have a VHS player. So sure. if something is available on DVD, um, we take the VHS off the shelf in, unless there's something super special about it, you know, a different cut or, you know, um, just, you know, fell in love with the art or something like that. Um, yeah. We take it out and uh, then um, consider the DVD that piece. So, so over the year, you know, when we first opened, I think we had Tootsie on VHS, you know, so, you know, no one was renting Tootsie on VHS, but now um, just because we've crowdsourced such a wonderful collection, um, it tends to be pretty, pretty rare stuff. Um, That said, there are also a few boutique labels that are putting out like small run VHS um, in 2022. And we do have a few of those here and there as well. Um, but no, they don't, they don't circulate in the same numbers. Um, like when we take, um, a fairly common title out of circulation on VHS, because we got the DVD, um, we, we might sell it for a dollar or two used. And what's interesting to me is, is, um, almost all our VHS collectors are like 19 or 20, you know, they're some of, some of the same, um, sort of like hipster demographic that likes collecting, like, you know old uh, audio cassettes or like, you know, indie or noise band audio cassettes, you know, that's, that's kind of the demographic for our used VHS. Um, as far as rentals, I'm trying to think of some of the things that might um, turn over a lot. Cause you know, there's, there's certain like, you know, experimental films or local films that just were never ported over. Yeah. Um, we do have a fair amount of like old um, big box horror tapes as well, which, you know, as we were talking about earlier, really do fire up the imagination. But um, yeah, I mean, at any given moment, we have between 500 and 600 things checked out and maybe 10 of those are VHS. Okay. Yeah. So the VH, so the VHS is really some of the more rare, um, unique pieces, which I would, God, I'd love to see what's there because that, that's what's so exciting to me is, um, this, the diminishing returns of each format where VHS had, I don't know how many tapes, hundreds of thousands, DVD had maybe 50,000 DVD releases, Blu-ray had 20,000 and now 4k has, you know, a couple thousand and it's gotten tighter each time. And there's so much that, uh, those old obscure VHS tapes are becoming like highly collectible. Like I wouldn't, uh, I mean, do you know if you have any that are like just 
insane like wow if we put this on ebay like it would go nuts it's the super <laughs> rare piece yeah you know um we we try not to to know too much about that just because like yeah we i i would never want to sell something no, but right. if i saw something going for a thousand dollars i might be tempted you know because <laughs> uh, we could buy a lot of dvds with with that oh, thousand bucks totally. but um but yeah i mean i'm trying to think of some of the some of the you know rare pieces that we might have and and a lot of the stuff we put out is also kind of like oddball stuff you know yeah um uh, skateboarder wrestling tapes that you know I, we're sh- certain never never got ported over or um, trying to think of some other sort of surefire things we have on VHS. Um, uh, there is a old Baltimore kind of like shot in sixty millimeter exper- experimental film. I believe it's called um, Talking to Strangers from the late eighties, which had a little notoriety because. John Luke Goddard, for some reason, said it was one of his favorite films. Um, really? Yeah, I've seen the film, and I, and I, I wouldn't rate it that highly myself. But, <laughs> um, you know, just things like that, that, like, the world would have forgotten if if we didn't have it on a shelf there. Yeah, that's awesome to have, like, that that archive. Because, I mean, I, I'd never heard of that. Um, I've got... Yeah. I feel like I have lots of movies and I'm like, well, I only have like 3000 and you guys have 26,000. So like, I'm clearly, you know, just scratching the uh, surface here when it comes to how much is, is well, out there. For sure. For sure. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're probably not trying to create the illusion of owning everything. They're probably movie, you know, like, I don't know if you like Forrest Gump or hate Forrest Gump, but there's probably a movie you hate where you're like, I don't want that in my house. Whereas, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Because, so I, when I started buying movies, I started in, I, my, my parents had a DVD. We had VHS collections. We had DVD, um, like when I was younger, teenager. And then I got into Blu-ray when I was like 20. Mm-hmm. And it was like 2013, 20, uh, 2012 it would have been. So it wasn't super early. Like I kind of missed the boat on the early stuff. But I quickly got to a point where I was just like buying everything and i was like um and this was in my head i'm like i'm gonna own everything i'm gonna have an archive because when i'm 50 years old i want somebody to be able to come to my house and get that obscure thing on dvd or blu-ray that never made it and is gone but i kind of quickly realized that's insane um and i i actually just did a pretty big purge and like curated the collection i got rid of probably uh, I don't know. I sold a, a lot of like 250 discs to another collector who was trying to kickstart his collection and sold them for like a buck or two a piece, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome. Like to be able to kickstart somebody, but I, I put some away. I, I traded in a bunch at my, at Bull Moose at the local video store. Um, I donated some to the, the Navy project I work on. So I got rid of probably a good five or 600 just in the last month. And you're right. It honestly like felt, it felt kind of good. <laughs> there was a bit of a relief because like, I have to realize I am not a video store. I am not an archive as much as I'd love to be. And I have a house with a family that <laughs> needs <laughs> yeah. this space. And I can't just keep, I can't turn this into blockbuster at on main street. Like this right. is my house. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was one of those people and like very recently have not, been that person <laughs> i mean i understand the urge you know I, yeah. I used to really hoard cds and and still have a very large vinyl collection but i i do find that when i sort of with with whatever i might collect whether it be books or records that like i do get a better feeling from like a really sort of tight like this really says who i am you know yeah. um even if even if my taste in music is really voracious something like you know, if I could get my collection down to like the hundred records that excited me the most, that would be, that would be super awesome. And like, I totally, on the other hand, understand the urge to, to buy every movie. I mean, we're essentially trying to do that or, or as I often say, to create the illusion that we have everything, you know, we're yeah. trying to anticipate all the things people might ask for and have them before they ask for them, you know? Um, and that said, people people asking for a title and us discovering we not have it is is the way we find the holes and you know <laughs> right. keep keep updating that wish list and um, 
Oh yeah, and, and and that reminded me of a question that you had earlier. Like the back catalog of our, um, you know, everything except the new releases essentially is just all through donation. But you know, the membership uh, donations that we receive from from every member go to you know keep the lights on and you know pay the bills um, as far as utilities and stuff, but and rent of course. But then we are able to order new releases and. Um, so we do try to, you know, we don't devote as much space to new releases as like a blockbuster or a Hollywood would video would have by a long shot. Sure. Um, but you know, for, for like an art house popular film. So something like friends dispatch, you know, we probably had maybe five DVDs and five, uh, Blu-rays circulating, you know? Um, and, you know, right now, something like The Northmen or Licorice Pizza would be our more popular titles. That's interesting. So it really, it really isn't even when the big Marvel movie hits. It's still the, it's still the PTA movie or the, you know, the yeah. new Scorsese or something that's a little bit more. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, Titan, we read a lot of that. Um, I love that. I, mean, yeah, I just watched yeah. that recently because just word of mouth recommendations. Like I'm sure that's how it got picked up there, but they were like, look, the, the lady in the car. And I was like, okay, I got to see this. <laughs> I yeah, see it. totally. And I mean, as much as I sort of talk trash about streaming services, like I think what we're finding, it's not that our membership base doesn't like the Batman or doesn't like the Mark. I mean, some people probably hate those things, but some people, you know, want to rent a Fassbender movie and want to rent Avengers, you know, but yeah, they're more likely to have access things like that elsewhere. Right. You know, they don't really rely on us for that so much by and large. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Cause I mean, that stuff is, that's in your face. Like you can't miss, I, you know, is, is there anybody who doesn't know of Spider-Man no way home? Like, I think that the, yeah, I, I think every person on the planet has heard of it at this point, they've <laughs> pushed it everywhere. And it is, it's super accessible. And you can also just walk into a, Target, Walmart, I mean, grocery store sometimes for some of these, and there's the DVD sitting there because it's so widespread. And you're never going to get that with French Dispatch or Titan or like, right. good luck finding those in <laughs> any retail store that doesn't focus specifically on media. That's the only way you're ever going to find those on disc um, or you find them online pretty much direct from mm-hmm. distributors. So. Yeah, it, it, it is. I think I think you're right. It's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised now that I think about it, like the stuff that is more accessible. Why would you rent it versus the stuff that isn't that you could get your hands on and in, in, at this unique location that nobody else has? Um, so that, that's that's yeah. funny. Like your top 10 list was very surprising too. just some of the ones yeah. you mentioned. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, House, the seventies Japanese film, yeah. uh, that Criterion has, that's in our top 10. You know? <laughs> that's it's, an insane it's movie. Things like that, you know? Um, I will say sort of as a, as a, um, asterisk to talk about multiplex movies, there are some movies that maybe didn't fully find their audience in theaters. Like, um, yeah. like X, the Ty West film sort of came and went too quick and we can't keep that on the shelf. And, and even, uh, ambulance, you know, like the Michael Bay film that rents, fairly well like you know it's kind of um a few people are like yeah you know it's a it's a heist movie even if you don't like michael bay's usual thing there's there's some fun here you know so yeah we're you know just like video stores always did we're sort of where word of mouth really lands you know movies spend except for the the franchise films spend less and less and less times in theater and um you know whereas almost everything lands in beyond video unless it's something that like netflix or amazon are being dicks about <laughs> <laughs> right i know and there's there's a lot of that um, there, there's plenty but you know we 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 have our ways <laughs> yeah well and, and luckily the guys who do you know stuff for netflix like scorsese will do the irishman like they if they have the poll they usually yeah. make sure it, it, it'll come out like um, they're not going to miss that opportunity to put things out. And Criterion's actually done a nice job of getting the rights to a bunch of Netflix stuff recently. Oh, yeah. yeah, they got Okja coming out yeah, uh, in a couple Okja, days, I think. Yeah. Uh, was Sound of Metal? Netflix? Sound of Metal was just announced. I think that might be an Amazon. But, I think that was you know, Amazon. Yeah, yeah, so they've been kind of scooping the, the streaming, which is nice. I'm, I'm glad somebody's doing it. Um, I'm sure it's not easy and they're <laughs> paying a pretty penny to get access, but 
it, it is nice because those are the movies that deserve that attention and um, probably and, were even underrated on streaming, even though they were originals. Sure. And also like, you know, films that might highlight the advantages of a home video format where there could be commentary tracks, where there can be short yeah. films or bonus features attached, you know, um, some streaming services do try to offer those things, but I don't think the engagement is the same. And, and certainly no film gets online, the deluxe treatment that are really nice, like double Blu-ray disc from criterion or vinegar syndrome. Would get. Yeah, no, no chance. And it's, it's always interesting to me too, how, the 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 numbers for streaming when they look at like can you you look at this in my youtube videos too and you look at retention mm-hmm. and i just think about like how many movies that i've committed to like put a disc in and sit down and watch have i pulled out 40 percent of the way through yeah you, you don't usually i mean it would have to be horrendous to get up and do that you you typically sit it out and sometimes they surprise you by the end and it is in, in Netflix where you have like this constant or it's not just Netflix, but every, everywhere you have this constant feed of entertainment. And it's like, oh, I didn't like this. I'm 30 minutes in. This sucks. OK, I'm going to click back and they're going to throw 10 more thumbnails in my face and, and get me to watch something else. And I might do 10 minutes of this movie. And then Netflix will say they got 300 million people watching it. But I'm like, <laughs> well, how many people actually watched the whole thing or how many people just clicked on it because it looked cool and spent yeah. five minutes and then shut it off? No, I think that's a a really interesting um, perspective because it just sort of clarified, you know, I always like to say that uh, at a, at a good video rental store or library like us, like browsing is fun, you know, Um, whether you're someone who wants to pick the the brains of the clerk or whether you're someone who likes to read the back of every, you know, case by yourself, that's fun. And, um, you know, the flip side of that coin, I think is that, um, browsing on a streaming service is, is exhausting and depressing and too often you settle. But I think what, what you just clarified for me is that the browsing isn't done when you're watching, when you pick something on a streaming service, it's still in the back of your head. Like I'm not really committed to this. And that's right. You know, that's maybe a reflection of the diminishing returns of the content you might've gotten from that service. But um, part of your brain is still scrolling and, that's less enjoyable. You know, it's, you know, yes, I, I mean, we have 26,000 movies, not uh, all of them are going to be a plus home runs, you know, and, and we wouldn't claim otherwise, but you spend an hour picking the three or four that you want to take home. Um, and a lot of thought and choice went into that. And so yeah. there is a different kind of commitment there and probably better results because, you know, you weighed your options. Yeah, I think so. That's what's sort of that's always what's missing for me when I when I stream things. Uh, if I'm streaming a movie, I mean, I stream plenty of TV shows, and you know that's that's the way that works now. And I get mm-hmm. that. I, you know, yeah. I I never really bought TV shows on disc anyway because I kind of I watch a show and I'm I'm done with the show. Um, movies I like to rewatch more on TV, but there is that commitment of like, okay, I have browsed my shelves, I have selected this. We've decided to sit down, have movie night. We're putting this thing in and we're watching this. Like this yes. is, this is our next two hours. And yeah, it's, it's just not the same when you're, when you're on Netflix. And then, you know, if you do have to pause the movie, Hey, someone's going to go to the bathroom. And I, I paused a show on Amazon prime the other day. I was watching the boys and it's like, there, all this information pops up. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. here are the here are the four actors, and here's the song that's playing. And do you want to listen to that song? <laughs> do you want to see what else Carl Urban has done for movie? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, wow, like I'm just trying to be like in this moment, and you're desperately trying to get me to click somewhere else so you can say I watched more and clicked more and watched more ads, and like, it's a lot. It is exhausting sometimes, and that's why I find myself like, I, I scroll through. And then I'm, I'm doing it for 10 minutes and I, I give up and I go upstairs and pick something out of the, the, of the movie shelves. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, this, this is why I have this. Um, that and the fact that when you do select something, you can't just do that. You, you don't have the personal interaction. You can't ask somebody else their opinion. But you also can't just read the back of the, the movie box because if I click on movie x on netflix it immediately starts playing a trailer in my face and it's like that sometimes that's the worst because it's like (laughs) you don't 
I just give me five seconds to read what the movie's about before you start throwing a trailer at me. That's going to spoil half the movie. Like that drives me nuts too. I'm also someone like, you know, even before, like I know a fair amount of people who work in film now um, because I was a film programmer for so long and um, met a lot of people along the way. But even before that, I enjoyed reading credits. It was another way to be like, to learn and just be like, Oh, uh, I recognize that editor or that, you know, assistant director's name, you know, that's interesting. And try doing that on most streaming services. You you'll have to, you know, jump for, jump for the remote faster than is humanly possible. You have have 10 (laughs) seconds before the next movie starts. Yeah. Most of the time they don't even show you the credits. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you kind of hit on one of the other things that's I've seen change, you know, from the tail end of, you know, video rental, like circa 2010 to the present day is that people kind of understand just like, you know, the Marvel movies don't rent very much from us. Um, TV series don't very much either, even though we have a pretty, pretty um, nice selection, you know, um, a, a fair amount of, of streaming shows don't get a physical media release, but like most of the prestige TV, you know, we have all yeah. the HBO shows and, um, you know, Breaking Bad and all these, and it's not like they don't rent, but, just like the experience you're having people know okay that's that's what streaming's good at you know like i can you know i could watch eight hours of breaking bad without having right. to get up you know <laughs> yeah no and, it is it's perfect yeah. for binge watching there is the, it's why it became so big i mean that's what it was to begin with and it, it's so refreshing for me because the fear i had in the back of my mind when we were organizing beyond video and, and reopening it was that you know, it, in about 2010 or so, you know, the last time I was a regular at this place, Video American, it was TV shows and new releases that were renting and, and like Hollywood new releases. And so they have this director's wall where you can get, you know, films by Francois Truffaut and, you know, Wong Kar Wai and Claire Denis and just and they're kind of sitting there collecting dust, whereas, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Sopranos, which is also great, but was fine off the shelf. Yeah. And I was kind of worried that that. Um, we're, we were going to open this thing. We we're going to have a great collection and that we would find that that was still the case. And that's been the happiest surprise to me. I mean, so we have a two floor, uh, inventory and to get to our director's room or that like sort of cult horror room I mentioned, you have to go up the stairs and like people walk right past me and they're, they're up there in their favorite section, you know? And, yeah. and maybe then after an hour upstairs, they come down and be like, Oh, Whoa, you also have Batman. Huh? Okay. Um, but but yeah, they they uh, they really dig deep into the collection, which is really fulfilling. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's that's got to feel good about <laughs> when you, when you've amassed such a collection that people are actually going through it, and it's not the top one percent that you know rents everything. Yeah. It, it sounds like you have a pretty wide variety of stuff that that goes out the door, which is awesome because it does just it, it builds the next generation of people who love the cultar stuff who are now going to go out of their way to watch x from ty yeah. west or you know something that is clearly aimed at that that niche and isn't sure it's not going to do well in theaters but i i loved it because it was right up my alley like it was oh yeah yeah what I, I wanted with it yeah yeah i mean it was great it was one of the movies i was looking forward to the most and like you i think it was in theaters for like two weeks and i've got a baby and i was like i never got out the door to even see this thing I, yeah. couldn't even, I couldn't have even lined up a babysitter in the time that that was in theaters. So <laughs> it, it was it was crazy fast. But I, I, I love this idea that all these people in uh, in Baltimore are now discovering all these new movies in, in media because of you guys. Um, it's super cool. And I do hope it catches on. Like, I hope it catches on to other cities. And um, yeah, I mean, they can do this everywhere. I, I, I really am hopeful that it will. And, and as like a word of encouragement to anyone who might've heard this and think, Oh, could I do this? Like people are very generous with their collections these days. And that takes yeah. all sorts of forms. I mean, you might have, I mean, recently, um, you know, it comes from a moment of sadness, but uh, an older gentleman passed away who had been a massive collection of silent and classic movies. Well, it was so the, the um, you know, uh, his, his kids and everyone who was taking care of his estate, it was so much more meaningful for them to be able to put it to community ver- you, uh, worth than to give it to a Goodwill or get on eBay and try to sell them for $3 a piece or whatever, you know? Absolutely. 
And then on the flip side, you know, um, there are other people who are cleaning house. They want to get rid of their whole collections. And there are other people who are, you know, uh, 4K UHD addicts and will give you really expensive Blu-rays because they've already upgraded to, you know, the new import <laughs> from France that has a better print, you know? So, Guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there's just all these different avenues that you really just need to be willing to do the work and sift through all this stuff and say, okay, we got – 700 copies of Lord of the Rings. Let's keep these two and then let's build what else we have and, and keep collecting until it, it has, um, you know, this, this holistic, uh, use, you know, that it's a collection that people would want to come in and, and access and you can get there surprisingly quickly. So, yeah. How, how did you get that first? It was 9,000 before, before there was beyond video before there was like, how, how did that come together? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we all put in items from our own collection and, and sort of, um, you know, I, I had a bad Blu-ray habit as well back in that time, but I was kind of, you know, and I wasn't sure this project was going to work out, but I was kind of spending a little more than I would have otherwise with the hope that eventually I can just hand these over to beyond video. And, you know, I kept a few, you know, I still got my velvet, box, you know, possession, uh, Blu-ray, but I, but I gave most of my stuff, um, to, to the project. And so did uh, a pretty large collective of people who were originally involved. I mean, we've had, um, you know, from the organizing stages of this to the present day is, you know, six or seven years. So we've had, um, you know, people move, people get different jobs or, or, you know, lose interest. But, um, there were a lot of people at that moment when Video American was dying, who were, you know, very committed to, to seeing this next phase in. And, you know, there were some nice little moments where again, an estate, there was an estate of um, someone who had um, collected all the criterion DVDs up until the point that they passed um, in like 2014 or 15. And um, one of my colleagues, Liz, who was very involved in the project at that point found it and was able to, to buy the whole, um, you know, 500 or so criterion discs for a very reasonable price. So, um, so yeah, it was just, it, it was little turning points like that where we could sort of see it coming from a random assemblage of movies that were cool or were not cool into something that started to feel kind of, um, comprehensive. And the other way you could go is, is maybe just trying to build a niche, um, service like, um, there's someone in the in the Twin Cities who is um, creating a cult film archive, and you know they're just trying, you know, and they can define that broadly. But you know that might be everything from Shaw Brothers movies to you know the kind of stuff Vinegar Syndrome puts out, and yeah. so they don't have to worry about having you know Field of Dreams because that's not their purview, you know, um, and and having a collection of 500 films that um, are really awesome. Honestly, you know, to calculate if you have 500 curated films in, in different cult, you know, genres and eras, that might be just as hard to access on streaming as our 26,000, you know, because, um, you know, the films, films get lost, man. <laughs> they do. No, they yeah. do. It's a big reason why I, I scoop this stuff up and I love when I see the arrows and the vinegars and synapse and Severin and Criterion and everybody out there. When, when they put stuff out, I, I scoop it up because I really, I, I don't know when the next chance I'll be, you know, when will I be able to get this again? I'm, it's nice. They're doing it in preserving them too. And, you know, giving them new life, but you just, you never know stuff gets lost for sure. Yeah. And I mean, also in a market like Baltimore, like, um, you know, the, the best sort of emerging international films might be put out by like labels like Kino or Cinema yeah. Guild or Grasshopper. And, um, you know, and very few markets except the biggest will have theatrical runs for that. So, right. you know, if you don't have a big personal budget, how are you ever going to see those movies without, you know, a, a, a new breath of life into the concept of a video store? Yeah, no, it's true. And I, I love it. I love the whole concept of what you guys are doing the minute i heard about it i was like i need to need to have them on and talk to them because this is such a unique idea but definitely one that i can see picking up steam you know if if i'm sure like you said there are plenty of people out there who would much rather give an estate or just clearing out a garage of dvds give it to a place like this versus 
trying to drop it at a Goodwill or sell it online. I mean, you're just, what are you going to make online selling DVDs a buck a piece? Like not yeah, worth it. Yeah. Not it's worth not, it. Not worth your time. Yeah. yeah. You're much better off. And I, I hope someday I've always said this. I told my wife, I'm like if anything ever happens, make sure that all these movies go somewhere go to use. I don't want to be the only person who's ever watched these discs. <laughs> yeah. And Make I, sure I, somebody honestly, else gets them. I think most collectors come from that place where, you know, I have, I have my knowledge base, I have my taste and I'm collecting them for my own enjoyment. But you know, yeah. if you have a thousand films, how many times are you, you really going to be able to watch every one of them? You're collecting no, sure. it with this, this sense of being part of the timeline and history of life of these movies. Absolutely. Yeah. So if people do want to get in touch, uh, I guess, where's what's the best place? Where, where can they find you? Yeah, I mean, um, our website is beyondvideo.org. Um, so you can use that as your main portal or, um, you know, for social media folks, we're, we're on all the biggies. We're not very active on Facebook anymore, but um, Don't we're, blame you. <laughs> we're beyond video um, with an underscore after video on Twitter. So that's at beyond video underscore. And then... Instagram's different. Let me make sure I get fully accurate info on that. I think it's beyond video B more. And we'll put, yeah. I'll, I'll put links. I'll drop links in the video description and then the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So those are the handles and we're, we're really responsive because um, a, every email sent us might be someone trying to donate that, that movie that's eluded us or right. somebody who wants to do a, a, a project like this. But um yeah, I mean, we're doing this because it's fun, and um, please, please contact us if you have questions. Yeah, definitely. And I noticed on your site too, there is a list of, like you said, I think it's it, it's probably getting smaller by the day, but I think there were twenty of the most wanted DVDs. So, listen, all you yeah. collectors out there, if you've got one of these, hook them up because they're looking for them. You could be the hero of the day. So, I'm sure these are floating around somewhere in somebody's collection that's listening to this so go check out their site check out what they're looking for maybe you can uh be that savior who, who knocks one off the list <laughs> yeah and if if you're not a rare movie collector still take a look we i on yeah. the flip side also maintain a most common you know there's there's sure. uh cheech and chong movies we need maybe you've got it sitting on yourself shelf you know so um right now it looks like we don't have a dvd for poltergeist 2 even though we do have the blu-ray be nice to have it on dvd do you have Please poltergeist sig- 3 uh, I'll have to check. I'll have to that's, check. Because that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the Blu-ray might be two and three bundled together, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So yeah. Well, there you but, go. There's a whole list, and I'm sure. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know the people. We got ninety-two thousand and counting on YouTube that are watching these awesome. videos and podcasts. I mean, somebody's gonna have them. So if you got them laying around, I I couldn't find a better place right now than you know beyond video. So. I appreciate get, them. Get in touch with them and shoot them out there because they can use them. So, yeah. yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on. This was this was fun. This is super cool. I'll definitely be uh, in touch and seeing what I can do to support and uh, hopefully someday get down and, and check it out because uh, I'd, I'd love, love to show to you around. It. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks awesome just from the pictures. So I got to get down there and check it out someday. Yeah, please do. Awesome. Thank, well, thanks a lot for your interest, man. Really appreciate it. No, of course. And I'm, I'm glad you could come on and spend the time. I really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be in touch with you. We'll, I'm sure we'll do some more and, um, I'll, uh, I'll catch everybody on the other side of the interview. So thanks. All right, everyone. So that was our interview with Eric Hatch. As we mentioned at the end there, if you want to check out Beyond Video, you can go to their website. You can check out their Twitter and Instagram accounts. And I'll also link uh, Eric's Twitter account if you want to follow him as well. So it's a it's a really cool project. I am super hopeful that other cities can replicate this. I know I would definitely help out if they could get one going near me in the in the Boston area. I just I, I love what he's doing. It's such a cool idea. Um, and it was really interesting when I got to talk to him just how unique and diverse their uh, community is and the types of rentals that are going out the door and how that's opening up uh, so many new movies and boutique labels to an entirely new generation of uh, potential collectors and movie lovers. So it's great to see. And I think what they're doing is awesome. 
And I, I hope you guys can support them, whether it's, you know, if you live in Baltimore, certainly go check them out. But um, like Eric said, they're always looking for donations of any sort. DVDs are their still their main format. That's what most people watch. But if you have DVDs, Blu-rays, if you're upgrading things to 4K, it's a great place to donate. You can get your copies uh, in a library so other people can check them out. It's a really cool idea, and I, I fully support what they're doing. So I hope you guys do, too. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this one, though. Make sure you are following along on YouTube, uh, subscribed, and following along on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening, so you never miss an episode. This was episode 13, so I'm doing a full-run season of 15 episodes. So we have two episodes left. Next week, we are talking to uh, Ben Scrivent. He is the uh, founder of Fright Rags, which is a, a company I really like horror movie merchandise company but he's also an avid physical media collector and enthusiast as well so we're going to talk movie merch and horror movies and, and dive into what he likes as a collector and uh, he'll be a really cool guy to talk to somebody who's literally uh, built a business around his love for horror movies so uh, it'll be an exciting talk and if you guys know fright rags um, he'll have lots to say about licensing and and what's going on in horror movies in that business so stay tuned for that one next week make sure you follow us on social media so you never miss an episode and i'll catch you guys in the next one so thanks for watching or listening wherever you are i really appreciate it have a great rest of your day stay safe and healthy and i'll talk to you soon coming soon be sure to subscribe to the Films at Home podcast using your favorite app so you don't miss another episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review this podcast, which helps us out tremendously. You can also help support us by watching our short-form content over on YouTube and TikTok by searching Films at Home. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at films underscore at underscore home. The intro and outro were created by Elon Osborne. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.